morning I will be reading from John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good morning and welcome again to our worship service. We're grateful for your presence. We're thankful for the presence of each and every person. To those who are visiting, as always, we invite you to come back and be with us. We're grateful to have the opportunity to be back home. It's a little bit nicer to be here as opposed to the comfort suites, even though they were very hospitable. We're very grateful for their kindness and their willingness to let us come and to hold our worship services there. We had a lot of people come this past week to help get this room in order, young and old alike, and we appreciate so much the efforts of each and every person. You wouldn't believe what this room looked like on Tuesday of this week, and to think that uh, it looks like it does is just amazing. But we're very grateful for the presence of uh, those who came, I guess three days this week, and got this room in working order. I want to invite you in our study today to look with me at the 8th chapter of the Gospel according to John. I want us to think for a moment or two about the theme, Liberty in Christ. One of the greatest blessings that you and I enjoy is the fact that we are citizens in the United States of America. There are a lot of blessings associated with being an American. And one of the greatest blessings that I know of is the freedom that has been so richly lavished upon us. That freedom has come with a price. And yet, you and I, we think about the price of our freedom a couple of times a year. The 4th of July, Memorial Day, no doubt remind us of those valiant men and women who paved the way for the freedoms that we enjoy in this country. Spiritually speaking, we enjoy liberty or freedom, and that freedom is a result of the work of Jesus Christ. In our study today, the first thing that I call your attention to is the battle for our freedom. When we think about the battle for our freedom, we're really talking about the fight. And make no mistake about it, there was a fight for the freedom that we enjoy in the Lord today. As you and I think about this fight, the first thing that I want to really emphasize has to do with the Son, that being Jesus Christ. We know Him as the Son of God. And here's what I want you to see. Jesus went to war for us. Now just think a moment about how we enjoy freedom in our country. There have been any number of men and women in days gone by that have literally paid the ultimate price for the freedom that we enjoy in America today. Some of our men and women paid the ultimate price by sacrificing their blood on the battlefield. Well, that's what Jesus did. Jesus sacrificed his blood 
He went to war for us. He paid the ultimate price for the salvation of our soul. Well, what about the Son? What about this great cost in terms of our redemption, in terms of our liberty or our freedom? What you and I need to understand is, first of all, that the Son was deity. We're not talking about just any person. We're not talking about any soldier. But rather, we're talking about the divine Son of God. In verse 24 of John chapter 8, Jesus said, Except you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. That phrase, except you believe that I am He, what Jesus is really emphasizing here is His Sonship, His deity, the fact that He is a member of the Godhead. And unless we come to believe and appreciate that fact, He said, you'll die in your sins. Now, a little bit later in the chapter, in verse 58, Jesus would say to a group of unbelieving Jews, Before Abraham was, I am. And really that is a statement relating to the pre-existence of Jesus. That is, it relates to his pre-incarnate form before he ever took bodily form. And we think about Jesus Christ and his entrance into this world. But John affirms that Jesus existed before he ever came into this world. In John 1 at verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. When Jesus came into this world, He did so with a divine purpose, that being to save his people from their sins, according to Matthew chapter 1 at verse 21. That was the announcement made to Joseph by the angel of the Lord. But Jesus Christ, as the Son of God, came into this world, and he did so to go to war for us, to die, to literally give his life on Calvary for our sins. It's hard for us to conceive of an eternal being coming to earth to pay this ultimate sacrifice. The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 5, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Jesus went to the cross. The Hebrew writer says in Hebrews chapter 2 at verse 9, He tasted death for every man. That was the Son of God. That was the one who came and went to battle, who went to war, for us. Now you can go back to the Garden of Eden and you can read about the work of Satan and how Satan deceived the first couple. As a result of their transgression, their sin in the Garden of Eden, sin made its entrance into the world. Two things occurred. Number one, death, physically speaking, came upon the human family. But more tragically, spiritual death made its entrance into the world. And so Jesus Christ came to redeem us, to buy us back, to give us hope, to give us life. What about his death? And what about the deliverance that we enjoy through the death of the Son of God? Drop down and note, if you would, verse 36. In verse 36, Jesus said, If the Son makes you free, 
you shall be free indeed. Now we talk a lot about liberty and freedom in this country. And there are a lot of great blessings associated with living in a liberated country, in living in this United States of America. But there's something far greater than that, and that is to enjoy the liberation that comes through the death of the Son of God, the one who ultimately paid the price for our sins. I think about the words of Paul in Galatians 2 at verse 20. When he said, I have been crucified with Christ, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live in faith. Faith in the Son of God who loved me. Now listen to him. And gave his life for me. Jesus gave himself for our sins. And so the Son of God, he literally went to war for us. But then also, he left his word for us. We're thinking and talking about the battle for our freedom. Note, if you would, what is said in verse 31 of John chapter 8. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Did you know that there's a correlation between the Son of God and the Scriptures? You can't dissect the two. They go hand in glove. They go together. And what Jesus is saying here is that he has left us his word, that he has given us his word, and that if we will follow that word, that ultimately we will enjoy the benefits and the blessings of freedom. In our country today, one of the things that we hold very, very dear in our eyes is the Constitution. And the Constitution basically regulates our country. At least it's intended for that purpose. It's intended for the betterment of the citizens of this country. Well, God has given us His Word. And this Word is intended to regulate our behavior. Just because we enjoy freedom in America does not negate the fact that there are laws inherent in maintaining that freedom in maintaining a sense of democracy. From a spiritual perspective, are we free in Christ? Absolutely. But there are laws that govern our behavior. And Jesus said that those who are his disciples, they abide in this word. They live in conformity to this word. Over in 1 John chapter 2, at verse 3, John said, Hereby we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. How do I know whether or not I have a relationship with the, with the Son of God? How do I know whether or not I am enjoying the freedom that has been lavished upon me through the death of Jesus? Well, if I abide in his word, if I do what he says, if I try to instill in my life his principles and his precepts. Think about what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. When he set forth what we typically call the Sermon on the Mount. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. When we walk in conformity to the will of God, then we enjoy all of the blessings that are associated with kingdom living. We have the hope of life eternal. But also in verse 32, look at what Jesus said. You shall know the truth. And the truth 
shall make you free. I think sometimes people have the idea that God's Word is some vague, abstract body of material that's just incomprehensible by the human family. That's not the case. Jesus said, you can know the truth. And he said, those who know the truth enjoy freedom. Think about what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3. He talked about how he received revelation from God. He said, which I wrote before in a few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Can you and I read the Constitution that regulates the laws or that regulates our land? Can we read the Constitution and understand its contents? Absolutely. By the same token, can we read this book that we call the Bible and thus understand its contents, live accordingly, enjoy the blessings associated with it? Well, of course we can. When Paul wrote in Ephesians 5, he said, Be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. God wants you to understand this book. Why? Because this book is what ultimately guides us from earth to heaven. The psalmist said, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway in Psalm 119, 105. Now, there's a second thing I want us to think about in our study today. We talk about the battle for our freedom and the fact that Jesus fought for our freedom. But there's a second thing, and this has to do with the blessings of our freedom, the favors that we enjoy through the freedom that exists in Christ. What about our freedom? What about the blessings associated with this freedom? There are three things that come to my mind. Number one, when you and I talk about the blessings of freedom, spiritually speaking, we need to understand that Jesus has made us free from Satan's detention. In John 8, verse 44, look at verse 44. Jesus talking to the unbelieving Jews of his day. He said, you are of your father the devil and the desires, the lust of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. Here's something people don't typically think about in relationship to the devil. Before, before people enjoy a relationship with the Lord, they are imprisoned by the devil. Let me give you a verse that I believe illustrates this. It's found over in 2 Timothy chapter 2. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul talks about the servant of the Lord, how he must not quarrel or strive, that he is to be able to teach patient, in humility, instructing those who are in opposition to the truth. But down in verse 26, he says that they may come to their senses and escape the snares of the devil. Now listen to him, who are taken captive by him at his will. Those who are outside of Jesus Christ, they are literally prisoners of Satan. They are detained by him. 
They're in his quarters. They're in his camp. Now, people don't like to typically think about this. People in our world today, they don't like to think about being under the rule or the domination of Satan. They don't like to think about being detained by him. But that's what's happened. Those who are in sin, they are literally prisoners of Satan. They have been taken captive by him, just like in a time before. There are prisoners of war. Well, those who are in the world, they are prisoners of sin. Now, Jesus, through his death, has made us free from Satan's detention. There's a second thing. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has made us free from sin's dominion. Note, if you would, what Jesus says. Well, look at verse 34. In verse 34, he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave, a bondservant of sin. And the idea is that when people live a life of sin, that they are enslaved to that way of life, that they are a bondservant. In other words, they belong to the devil. And they are his slaves. Now Jesus said in verse 36, if the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. When, when I think about sin, I think about how people who are in sin sometimes are blinded by it. Not only are people blinded by sin, but they are bound up in sin. They are prisoners of sin. In Romans chapter 6, Paul talks about how in Romans 6 verse 16, he said, Know you not that to whom you present yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that, that though you were the servants of sin, in other words, though you were the slaves of sin, you became the servants of righteousness. You obeyed that form of doctrine that had been delivered unto you, and thus being made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. So what has Jesus done? Number one, he has freed us from Satan's detention. Number two, he has freed us from sin's dominion. Now there are a lot of people in the world today that will tell you, you know, I, I would like to be a Christian, I'd like to enjoy all the blessings and favors of Christianity, but I just don't want to live according to the Bible. I want to be free to do as I please, to live as I want to live. And what many people fail to understand is that if you're in sin, you're not free. Look at somebody who has an addiction, some type of chemical dependency. Look at somebody who is enslaved to alcohol. Do you think that person is really free? I mean, do you think that they are free to do as they please? They're not free at all. They're in bondage. They are enslaved to a bottle. They are enslaved to some type of chemical drug. And that's what sin does. It enslaves. There's a third thing that Jesus did by way of our freedom. Not only did he free us from Satan's detention, from sin's dominion, but he has freed us from the sentence of death. Look at John 8, verse 24 again. Jesus said, Therefore I said to you, 
that you'll die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. What does it mean to be outside of Christ? I mean, when you, when you just boil it all down, and you talk about those who are outside of Jesus Christ, what is their fate? Let me tell you what their fate is. Jesus said, they'll die in sin. And Jesus said, if you die in your sins, look at verse 21. In verse 21 of John chapter 8, Jesus said, I am going away. He's talking to the apostles here, or to his disciples here, and to the people of his day. And he's saying, I'm going away, and you'll seek me. But he said, you will die in your sin. And where I go, you cannot come. And the idea is, if you die in sin, where Jesus is, you can't come. You're not going to make it to heaven. You're not going to enjoy the blessings and the privileges of that place that Peter described as incorruptible, undefiled. He said, it fades not away, it's reserved in heaven for you. So what does it mean to be outside of Christ? It means to be without hope and without God in this world. Now there, there are a lot of bad things that go on in our world. And I think about the inconvenience that, that we've experienced in the last few weeks because of a tornado. Now, was that bad? Yes, relatively speaking. But our salvation hasn't depended on that. I mean, we've made it just fine. We've banded together. We've, we've, we've worked together. We've stayed together. And we'll be bigger and better than ever before with the help of Almighty God. Was it a bad thing? Yes. But not something that can't be overcome. But if you die in your sins, let me tell you, if you die in your sins, you've got trouble like you've never had before. Nothing equates to dying in sin. There is, there is nothing on earth that is tantamount to dying in sin. We can experience a lot of heartache. We can experience a lot of losses in this world. But the loss of a human soul is the most troubling thing that we'll ever read about in the Bible. The Bible says those who are outside of Christ, they're without hope and without God in this world. Ephesians 2 at verse 12. Now, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died to free us from the sentence of death. Here's what Paul said in Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. To those who are outside of Christ, they stand condemned. To those who are in Christ, they stand uncondemned. They bask in the blood of Christ. They enjoy the blessings of being in the body of Christ. And they have all of the hope, or all of the hopes and the aspirations of heaven before them. Let me just close by asking this question. Are you free in Christ? Do you have the liberty that we read about in the Bible? 
If you're living in sin, here's what the Bible says you need to do. First of all, you have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's what he said in John 8, 24. Except you believe that I am he, you'll die in your sins. The Bible then says that not only do you have to believe in him, but you have to repent. You have to give up that way of life. Jesus said, except you repent, you'll all likewise perish, Luke 13, 3. And then if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and you're willing to repent, no doubt you're willing to confess that you believe that he is the Son of God, Matthew 10, 32. The Bible says then a person must be baptized or immersed in water. It is a burial in water, at which point in time we contact the blood of Christ that washes away every sin, Acts 22:16. If we live faithfully until death, the promise is the crown of life, Revelation 2, at verse 10. If you're here today, maybe you're not faithful to the Lord. Maybe you've gone back into the world. Why not do like the prodigal did in the long ago? Come to your spiritual senses. Realize the need to come home. Make the appropriate steps to come back to a loving Father who will abundantly pardon. 1 John 1, 9. Would you come as we stand and sing?